Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Becker's IT Plus Revenue Cycle Management Virtual Event. I'm Kelly Gooch, Senior Writer Reporter with Becker's Healthcare, and I will be your moderator for today's session on best strategies for becoming a patient-first organization. More than ever, patients seek a seamless healthcare experience from beginning to end of their journey. And today I'm joined by four fantastic panelists, to reflect on what it means to be a patient-first organization and how their organizations use technology and other tools to achieve success. Before we dive into the conversation, I'd like to ask each leader to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their organization. Lisa, can we start with you? Sure, thank you guys for having me. And um, hopefully that we'll all learn something today um, about the our, our healthcare journeys. I'm Lisa Griffin, the Vice President of the Consumer Experience and Patient Access at University Hospitals in Cleveland, Ohio. And my responsibility is to ensure that every pathway that our patients decide to connect with us for health services is frictionless, is seamless, barrier-free. And hopefully today uh, we'll all learn something for one, from one another during this session. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Lisa. And Chris, would you like to go next? Hello everyone, thanks for having us today. And uh, just wanna acknowledge and really pay a lot of respect to all the healthcare employees out there that have been working really hard on the front lines. Uh, my title at Sutter Health is Chief Design and Innovation Officer. Really what that means is taking next generation healthcare and incubating it from within this large ecosystem delivery system and prove it out and scale it up. Um, we do that from a human centered design approach and take a design thinking approach in order to achieve those goals, knowing that we're meeting some segments but not all segments in the right place at the right time with the right things with the right people. And to us, um, digital comes second, the human comes first, and trying to figure out what's the most empathic approach to what sometimes is a pretty simple uh, solution, and then use digital as appropriate to solve the challenge. So thank you for having me today and um, look forward to speaking on behalf of Sutter here. Thank you, Chris. And Hoy, you wanna go next? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Hoy Garvin. I'm the executive director for on-demand care here at Community Health Network. And so what does that encompass? So our on-demand care encompasses our urgent care, uh, virtual care, uh, all throughout the organization, specifically that on-demand uh, opportunity, and then retail health as well. And so uh, we are really tasked with being the front door to the organization. And so it's very important for us to create a clean experience, something that's frictionless, uh, and that we can begin to uh, tie patients in to other services as well as they are, are necessary. So Community Health Network is here in central Indiana, and we serve just a little over 4 million ambulatory visits each year. Thank you so much, and Randy. Hi, good day all. Uh, I'm Randy Davis, uh, VP and CIO of CGH Medical Center. We are a standalone community hospital located in Sterling, Illinois, the northwest part of the state. So in comparison to all the 
the big organizations we've got on the panel today, I guess I'm going to represent the little guy. Um, 42 years doing uh, this work, so you'll get unfiltered comments as I'm pretty darn close to retirement. Thank you all so much. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say today. And we are talking about strategies for becoming a patient-first organization. So I wanna start by asking, first of all, what does it mean to be a patient-first organization um, to you? And what prevents hospitals and health systems from being such an organization? So maybe Randy, do you wanna uh, provide? So Lisa, I'm gonna steal one of the words you already used and that is frictionless. And I think that is, that's very appropriate. You know, we could come up with all kinds of phrases and I don't like doing that because it's sort of like a mission statement, you know, that takes every entity a month to come up with and 95% of our people can't repeat it. Uh, but in a word, I think that's it. It's just a frictionless environment. What stands in the way of it? Boy, a lot of things, a lot of things. I think today, you know, 2022, uh, what stands in the way uh, more than anything is, you know, our services are very much in demand, top to bottom, staff, physicians, when people struggle just to see the people that need to be seen, um, you know, creating that frictionless environment is, is made more difficult. I mean, Lisa, God bless, you know, folks maybe listening here don't, uh, she did share with us that she's working on a floor today. God bless her. This is the world that we're in today. Um, and therefore creating those frictionless environments. While there are strategies we can follow, and I'm sure lots of folks will be talking about it today. Uh, there's lots of barriers, especially in 2022. And Hoy, Chris, or Lisa, are there any other words you would use or descriptions? There is. Sorry, I know we're all warming up here on the on the panel and really respecting each other and uh, really um, appreciate the leadership that we have on the call today. But the word that came to mind for me was finding uh, deeper sources of empathy to understand really what we'd call like the deeper truth, what's really going on here. Um, so beyond say access, um, access is really uh, a byproduct of, a, of a, deeper, a deeper truth. Now that might be as simple as we need a more appointments and there's more demand than supply, but it may be much deeper than that. Like uh, the system's not trusted or the doctor's not trusted or denying something that might be going on because someone would have to face their own cultural upbringing or whatnot to, to deal with the issue at hand. So really um, using skills to um, go much deeper and understanding why something's happening and then not being afraid of complete reinvention if necessary. So why is something happening? And reinvention might look like, why do we ask people to come to us? Why aren't we going to them? Why, why did it take a pandemic to expose the mental health issues in this country? Why are we biologically discriminating people that live in a food desert that's not safe? And then we're perplexed why there's more metabolic disease in those locations than others. So making sure we're not denying those deeper truths 
in coming up with creative and novel solutions that are sometimes digitally enabled, sometimes not, um, to really get after the crux of the, of the opportunity and the issue. So that's, I, I, I love how that was introduced by Randy, but I, um, the only build I'd have is like, are we empathetic enough to the context of those delivering the care as well as those receiving the care? Yeah, this is Hoy. I, I'd love to, to just add on to a word that Chris mentioned a few times there, that empathy. Um, I think patients first is a culture that has to be built and it has to be retained over time. So everything from the hiring process, asking caregivers to demonstrate a time at all levels where they've gone above and beyond to put patients first uh, has been really helpful for us organizationally. Uh, you know, we have 16,000 caregivers that we employ. And so being able to hear stories about that and, and really make onboarding decisions based off of patients first has, has been really helpful. I, I would also share um, a really interesting phrase that, that I've seen in regards to cancer care uh, that really hit home for us organizationally. And, and this was shared from senior leadership. It was actually a phrase that was kind of in the, the hallway. Um, and it, it says, uh, in quotations, please don't make me wait. I may not have long. And that really resonates to be able to see, um, you know, different dynamics, to be able to put your sh your yourself in the patient's shoes, to think, okay, yes, here's what we're going through. Here's how we can, um, you know, really combat issues like access. Uh, certainly, we have, uh, you know, care deserts here, uh, just I'm sure others do as well. And, and how do we begin to either solve those digitally, um, or rather, send caregivers out. Um, so I know there's a lot of, lot of tools there. I'll just end by saying, you know, healthcare did not make me lean in. I leaned in because as a human, I care about people and I care about uh, the health of people and how people are just living and being able to get the things that they need, especially when it comes to healthcare. So over our barriers today that we're getting is, I think Chris hit on it dead on, and that is trust. So having trust in the healthcare organization when all of these things are going on right now that are untruth, the untruths or all these things that are going on now that you're hearing and, and social media and these things that are not delivering the correct information um, is really put us in a spot to where we have to go to the people. We have to remove ourselves from the walls and think of other ways to get to our patients. Have they come to see us since the pandemic, you know, has gone? I'd like get these rapid teams and get to their homes if you have to. They get to their uh, loved ones, their emergency contacts. We have to think differently. We've, we've launched every technology tool uh, that I can think of in the last two years. And we've done that in a way that was thoughtful based on a pandemic. And I agree 
that these are things that should be normal in healthcare, is normal to care, is normal to if those patients can't get to you, figure out a way to get to them, is normal. All these normalcies and then our caregivers having empathy and understanding, I think our barriers are not having the, the people with the skill set to see the patients because they're burnt out or they're leaving organizations because of, of these, you know, we're not thinking of them, our caregivers and their burnout. And so, um, yes, I chose to work on the floor for two weeks straight to, to, even though I've been in the hospitals, walking the floors, doing all of those things, but I chose to do this because you're looking at why are they leaving? Why is this exodus there? And understanding um, that they need to see us as leaders. They need to know they can depend on us. And that's half of the battle. The technology is going to always be there. But that human-centered care is going to be what's going to take us over these next few years to kind of stabilize healthcare. Such, such great descriptions. I heard a lot of wonderful, wonderful words, empathy and frictionless and some great, great descriptors. And so Lisa, I want to build on a little bit about um, what you were just talking about with trust and, and really keeping that trust. And I'd love for you all to talk a little bit about how your organization measures patient loyalty and or trust. Uh, what maybe what, what specific factors you look at and if maybe, Randy, would you like to start with that? Well, that is a difficult thing to measure, isn't it? I mean, maybe, you know, some of the large organizations, you know, with literally billion dollar budgets, you know, could probably hire the people to come up with some measures to do that. But I, I break that down into simpler terms. And I say, well, how do we measure patients' loyalty and or trust? And I say, well, you know, our managers and many of our mid-level managers, even frontline folks, they know if you'll just listen to them. I mean, they know who is being treated well and who struggles with it. Uh, they know, and sometimes they share and sometimes they don't. Well, why don't they? Are we not asking the right questions? If we ask the right questions, the answers are there for us without investing hundreds or more dollars into a research firm who would be more than happy to come in and take that money from you uh, to arrive at some conclusion. But I say, how, you do, how do you measure that? Well, you measure your outgoing referrals. You know, there are some tools that we can, again, rely on technology to give us an idea of where folks are going, tracking inquiries that are made through Commonwealth and care quality. There, there are many metrics that can be used that I th 